Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Emily. I'm one of the streamers here at Chatterbug. Um, I'm originally from Canada, Vancouver on the West Coast, but also spent some time living in London in the UK. And currently I am traveling right now. I am streaming to you live from Panama. And I'm actually even looking right now out the window at um, some boats who are lined up for the Panama Canal. So that is where I am today. Hopefully in a couple of weeks, I will get to Colombia, maybe even next week. So I'm traveling in a camper van. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, I've done some streams on budget travel, how to build a camper van, and a few other random topics. Um, so you can go check out my channel and uh, yeah, hear more about what I'm up to on those streams. So come say hello in the chat. Let me know where you're from. And uh, let me know your favorite waterfall. Today we're going to talk about waterfalls, some of the best around the world, how they're formed. Um, okay, perfect. Great to have you all here today. So waterfalls, um, these beautiful natural occurrences. It's a cascade uh, of water falling from quite a height. Sometimes I think the minimum height has to be um, at least five meters or something like that to be considered a waterfall. Um, but some of them are much higher. We'll learn about them today. Uh, and so this is formed when a river or a stream starts to flow over a precipice, which is kind of just a little um, like land like this, <laughs> or a steep incline, so going down. Um, okay, excellent. So let's see who we have. Mario from Brazil, Railer. Whoops, it's moving down. Shildi from Bosnia, Shafi from Afghanistan, Fabiola from Chile, Anas from Somalia, Riala from Germany, Petula from Czech, Ferro from Mexico. And yes, absolutely, I've been to Chiapas. There's some beautiful waterfalls there. Um, it's a really nice natural region. I definitely recommend people to go check it out. Switzerland, I think there's also some beautiful waterfalls in Switzerland. Bilbao, Sonia, hello, Sakina from Colombia. And Ali says Niagara is the best waterfall. Cool. Well, we'll talk a little bit about Niagara later. So how do these form? So in the little picture here, you can see one of the more common ways is that there's some hard rock on top, soft rock underneath. And so over time, this soft rock erodes away or kind of gets washed away. And this creates a cliff or a ledge for the water to fall over. Another way that they could be formed is uh, maybe in places like the Arctic. If there's water that starts to melt over the edge of an iceberg, it create, can create a waterfall over an iceberg. Excellent. Okay, and so Kat from Colombia says she knows Iguazu Falls. Yes, we will also mention Iguazu Falls today. That's definitely a famous one. I think we had someone else from Brazil in the chat, so maybe you guys know about Iguazu. Okay, so now we're going to do a few quizzes, and then I'll tell you more about the waterfalls that are the correct answer. So where do you think the tallest waterfall in the world is? Is it Tugela Falls in South Africa, Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe and Zambia, Angel Falls in Venezuela, 
or Iguazu Falls in Brazil and Argentina, which someone mentioned, and the other one that was already mentioned, Niagara Falls on the border of Canada and the USA. Where do you think the tallest waterfall is in the world? And if any of you have been here, please let me know in the chat. Okay, I'll give you guys another moment. See how this one goes. All right, so a couple people have got it correct so far. And so the answer is Angel Falls in Venezuela. Let's go to the next slide and have a look at a picture of Angel Falls. So this is a waterfall which plunges more than 800 meters. So it's actually 16 times higher than Niagara, which a lot of people guessed. So can you imagine just how high that is? And it's called Angel Falls actually because of the pilot who discovered it. Well, discovered, I'm, I think the indigenous people who lived here knew about it, but this was the first kind of um, explorer in the area, let's say, with an airplane, and he found it in 1933. So to get to it today, you can visit by air, so you can also fly by and see this 800 meter tall waterfall. Um, you can take a boat trip at the bottom, or you can do a short hike, and it's located within Kanaima National Park. Um, it's also a UNESCO World Heritage Site. If you want to learn more about UNESCO World Heritage Sites, I've done another stream on those, um, some of the most famous ones in the world, um, and a variety from around the world. So go check that one out. And so I think the easiest way to visit this would probably be some sort of package tour, um, just because it's very remote. And I think it would be the type of tour that you probably want to have a guide for. So maybe for this one, you know, some, some trips you don't really need a guide. I think this one probably would be worth getting a guide for. Um, let me know in the chat if any of you have been to Angel Falls or if you'd like to go. I think it looks pretty cool. Okay. And so, so this is the tallest on land, but whether you call it a waterfall or not, there's actually, um, technically the tallest waterfall is under, uh, under the water. So how does this work? So this is under the water between Greenland and Iceland. It's called the Denmark Strait Cataract. And it's more than three times taller than Angel Falls. And so you have a, a large change in the density of water. And so this causes a, a huge amount of cold water flowing downward over a ridge every second. And so I, I don't have another picture of it, but have a Google of Denmark Strait Cataract and check it out, see what it looks like. It's pretty cool. So that could be said that it's the largest waterfall on earth, but it's underwater. So actually the largest waterfall was Angel Falls in Venezuela. Okay. Now, what do you think about the widest waterfall? So you've done the tallest. What do you think about the widest waterfall in the world? Is it Iguazu, Congo Falls in Gabon, Salto del Guayera in Brazil, Para in Venezuela, or Chutes de Con in Laos? Where do you think would be the widest?
Okay. And Sonia says, yeah, to visit Angel Falls, you walk for two hours also by boat. Um, and Ali mentions can also generate electricity. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about hydroelectricity towards the end of the stream, which is um, a renewable source of energy, of course. Okay. Okay, so no one's got it yet, but let me go to the next slide and I'll tell you more about this widest waterfall, the Chute de Con. Okay, so these are in Laos, and it's actually more like a series of falls and rapids, but it goes for over 10 kilometers. Um, and the thing is, it's not around all the time. So during the monsoon season, so monsoons are when it uh, rains really heavily, it kind of disappears because the water level goes up. So you lose the fall. So the time to visit here in Laos, if you want to see um, the widest waterfall in the world, would be the dry season. And I think there's, um, there's different ways to visit. I saw online they recommend rent a bicycle from where you're staying and come out. There's a viewpoint with the pavilion. Um, and so, you know, this isn't, wouldn't be like a big hike that's necessary to go visit this waterfall. This is more of a day trip. Okay. Let's keep going. So as I was looking up some information about waterfalls, um, I looked up what is the best waterfall in the world. And there was a World Waterfall database with all sorts of interesting facts and information. And they said that this waterfall is the best in the world. What do you think? Kaitour Falls, Guyana, Victoria Falls, that's on the boardway of Zimbabwe and Zambia, Iguazu in Argentina and Brazil, Gokta in Peru, or Sutherland Falls in New Zealand. Which one? you think would be the best one? Okay. <laughs> okay, most of you got this one right. Excellent. So yes, the answer, which we've had in a few of the other um, questions as an option, it is finally Iguazu. So this this is the Brazilian spelling. In Argentina, they would spell it with two S's. Um, and this, this is really beautiful. I've been here about, about 10 years ago, and it's on the border of Brazil and Argentina. Um, so it's worth visiting both sides. There's parks on both sides. When you go on the Argentina side, you're kind of up on top of the waterfall, so you can go and actually look into it. Whereas on the Brazil side, you kind of are cross from the waterfalls. So you get the best views. So you have the experience of being on top in Argentina and the views in Brazil. Um, there's also lots of cool wildlife around. And it's, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to visit. So this one is so impressive because it's the volume of water, but also it has quite a substantial drop. So in the picture, we see the kind of rounded area that's called the Garganta del Diablo or Devil's Throat. And that's where you have kind of the most powerful water 
um, dropping. And you can go and there's a little platform to stand right by there and feel, uh, feel the spray of the water. So Iguazu is definitely worth visiting. And yeah, Kata said, yeah, it's beautiful for both sides. Absolutely, it's worth going to both the Argentina and Brazil side when you go to Iguazu. All right, let's keep going. So which famous waterfall do you want to visit? The three that we've looked at so far. Would you like to go to Angel in Venezuela, Con in Laos, or Iguazu in Brazil and Argentina? Let's see here. Okay. So a mix between Angel and Iguazu so far. Angel number one so far. I think I would love to go to Angel Falls. I think it would be a great one to visit in a couple of ways because it's so tall. Probably doing a flyby would be an excellent way to visit. Um, perfect. So yeah, most of the people saying they would like to visit that tallest waterfall in the world, Angel Falls. Now, that's probably kind of, uh, yeah, those are some of the most well-known, but there's, there's still more to go. So let's keep doing some quiz questions. And hello, Sid from Indonesia. Welcome to our stream today, all about waterfalls. Okay, so which one do you think is the most visited in the world? So the most visitors, is it Victoria Falls, Iguazu, Niagara, Gulfos, which is in Iceland, um, or Angel Falls? Which one do you think is the most visited? And everyone's got this right yet. So this is one that we haven't talked about just yet. This is Niagara Falls, which is on the border of Canada and the US, specifically the province of Ontario in the north and New York in the south. And um, it's actually made up of three waterfalls, what they call Niagara Falls. And there's 30 million visitors per year. So it's really beautiful, but it's also a huge source of hydroelectric power, um, which we will touch on a bit more. So let me know in the chat if you've been one of those 30 million visitors any year. I went once, I think, how long ago was it? Maybe 15 years ago or so, I went to Niagara Falls and it was very impressive. Um, you can also take a boat ride. So I think you can see it in this picture. There's a little boat down on the water. And so you can take a boat that brings you very close to the waterfall and back. You could do the same thing at Iguazu, actually. I think it's probably a popular thing to do at any waterfall. <laughs> um, okay, so they're not all natural, though. There are some man-made waterfalls. How tall do you think the tallest man-made waterfall is in the world? So I've given you some options between... 98 meters and 182 meters. Which one do you think is the tallest man-made? Let's see. And hello, Martin from Taiwan in the chat. Thanks for joining us today. Um, cool. 
I think most of you, yeah, most of you got it right. I wonder if you knew the answer here, but let me tell you about it in just a moment here. So the Cascata delle Marmore in Italy was created by the Romans, actually. So this was created a very long time ago. It's 165 meters high, and it was a means of diverting stagnant waters um, by canal uh, from some cities. So they thought it was a way to deal with some health risks from dirty water. So all the way back in Roman times. Um, and here it is there. There's another one too, which is a, a man-made um, waterfall of sorts, which is actually in a building. So this one, you know, definitely looks man-made. So this is in Guiyang, China. It's 108 meters high. And you can see it, see it there in the, the middle of the picture, um, that waterfall coming out of a building. I think that one would be pretty cool to see as well. Okay, and so why is why are these important? So, I mean, the Romans already thought it was a way to purify water, to kind of divert water. There's a lot of health benefits um, not just in the water quality, but also for ourselves to go visit these natural places. So when we go into nature, it's a good way to improve our mood, our mental health, get some exercise while we go visit. Um, and when we see something kind of beautiful, like a waterfall, it tends to make us happier. That's kind of human nature. Um, there's also the ecological health. So with a healthy flow, you're gonna see nature kind of, um, I guess, doing well around the, the edge of that waterfall and that river region. It's going to give you a good idea of how things are doing around there. There's also some utilization benefits. So um, as a couple of people have mentioned, and we will talk about now, there's hydroelectricity, which you can get from waterfalls. Um, it can also help with agriculture. So you can divert water or you can after, after the waterfall or you can collect water for agriculture. I've seen some places where they had, you know, some tubing uh, hooked up to the waterfall so that they could bring it to their farms. Um, and tourism. So this kind of ties into, you know, maybe the mental health benefits or the enjoyment that people get out of visiting waterfalls. Uh, but tourism is a great way for, or for countries to um, capitalize on their natural resources. Um, so Fabiola says, hasn't visited yet. And Venezuelan, it's a little expensive. I bet it is expensive to get out there because it's so remote, right? So you need to fly. Um, and yeah, I imagine it's expensive to get there for sure. <laughs> I haven't looked into it actually. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that hydroelectricity and how it works. So when there's a place where there is a waterfall, one way to collect electricity is to build a dam. And so this is rene renewable electricity, but there are some issues with it too, if not done um, maybe in kind of a, a good way we'll put some, I'll give you some ideas of ways to do that but um, when you have the dam it holds up water and creates these reservoirs behind and so if there are many residents or homes in the upper area they might get displaced 
habitats could be impacted of animals up and downstream. So if there's not enough research done when these new dams or hydroelectric plants are being put in, there can be some uh, bad consequences. Here's one example of something that could be done. Um, so here's Eidsfossen in Norway, and they have a dam here, but they've also created, you can see in, in the um, bottom of the picture, um, kind of a salmon ladder. So it's some, some pools of water that the salmon can jump up so they can continue their spawning. Otherwise they would be blocked um, from going upstream. Normally the salmon would go up uh, upstream and they wouldn't be able to if the dam is there. Next, so other threats, water pollution, of course. Uh, a lot of people rely on, on this fresh water for their cooking needs, for their drinking needs, and water pollution can affect the life in the waterfalls and the water itself. Um, so that is really important. Drought climates, can affect waterfalls. Uh, if the water level reduces, uh, then this can um, change the water flow. Uh, and fracking, which is the process of, um, of getting gas out of the land, but then untreated waste is put into the water, which again affects uh, the aquatic life. There's also some fun things that can be done in waterfalls, aside from just going and being a tourist. Um, people have been known to go diving off of them, crossing on tightropes, taking canoes or kayaks over waterfalls and barrels. So in the picture is there's a woman who went over Niagara Falls, I think in the 60s, or maybe it was older than that. She looks older than that. Um, a long time ago, she went over in a water barrel and she actually survived. So that's what some people like to do, go over waterfalls and barrels. Um, people have been known to go jet skiing. And when there's frozen waterfalls, so up in the north, people can even go climbing on waterfalls. So there's all sorts of adrenaline activities that isn't just um, going to have a look at them. And if you want to know more about adrenaline activities, I think I've done another stream on that as well. So go have a look on my channel. Um, but that's about it for today. So thank you for joining me, learning about waterfalls. Um, we've looked at some of the most famous ones in the world, learned about how they're made. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. So I will see you again soon. Have a good rest of your day, wherever you are.